Hello and welcome back to the Just Say Rad podcast, which we haven't done in years because I've been busy. I'm Raddy Ann, Simon Pillay, uh, film critic, pop culture columnist, your host for this podcast, where we are going to have a conversation with Christopher Cote, who is an Osage language teacher uh, and perhaps right now most famous for being the Osage language consultant on the movie Killers of the Flower Moon and for making very potent statements about the movie uh, when he was walking on the red carpet. He had he shared an opinion on how he felt about Martin Scorsese's take on this really important story. Have a listen. As, as an Osage, I really wanted this to be from the perspective of Molly and what her family experienced, but... I think it would take an Osage to do that. Um, Martin Scorsese not being Osage, I think he did a great job representing our people. But this story is being told, this history is being told almost pr from the perspective of um, Ernest Burkhart. And they kind of give him this conscience and they kind of depict that there's love. But when somebody conspires to murder your entire family, uh, that's not love. That's not love. That's that's just beyond that's just beyond abuse and um, I think in the end the question that you can be left with is how long will you be complacent with racism how long will you go along with something and not say something not speak up how long will you be complacent and I think that's because this film was not made for an Osage audience it was made for everybody not Osage uh, for those that have been disenfranchised they can relate but for other countries, you know, that have their acts and their histories of oppression, um, this is an opportunity for them to ask themselves this question of morality. And so that's, that's how I feel. So now we're going to have our conversation with Christopher Cote about his comments, about Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, about how the story could have been told. Have a listen. So, Chris, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Of course, we're talking, I guess, almost two weeks after you were on the red carpet for Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, you know, you made uh, you you gave you know, you made me really envious with your very nuanced take on the movie that you kind of gave. And within a couple of minutes on the fly as a film critic, I wish I could do what you did by saying so much within a short window. You know, obviously the comments, they, they you know, that that clip of you on the red carpet has blown up. Um, a lot of people have shared it and are interpreting it in different ways. I mean, how are you experiencing, you know, kind of the, the the attention on, on that moment? You know, I, I, I'm just kind of taking it in. Um, some moments have been kind of overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, just seeing all the people who listen to what I said and they're sharing what I said. And, you know, uh, a lot of people, they're, they're adding to what I said. I had a lot of people uh, thank me, thank me for saying what I said, you know, it, it's kind of like I said, the quiet part out loud. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I would have conversations with uh, Lily Gladstone. Um, she would, she would be filming and she would uh, finish. Uh, they, they would have wrapped for the day and uh, she'd come visit my wife and I and, uh, and do front porch sitting. And <laughs> it's just a thing you do in Oklahoma because, you know, Oklahoma. Anyways, um, 
and she would express her concerns and things that would be going on um you know and in the end of the day you know i was like it's not a documentary it it is a movie and it's for entertainment but with my nuanced take a lot of people you know they there were pieces that i said that people really gravitated to mm -hmm. you know and um I forget where I was. I think I was in a class at university and the professor said, people will hear half of what you say. They will understand half of that. They will only agree with half of that. And then they'll only remember half of that. <laughs> so out of, out of like the two minutes, the almost two minutes of, a, a statement that I made, you know, there are only people who are going to remember a 16th of what I said. Mm -hmm. And their whole opinions are going to be uh, taken just from that. And, you know, I know that. I know that. Yeah. Well, you know what? I want to definitely explore that some more. Um, but I mean, let, 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 let's like introduce everyone to who you are first right um i mean you mentioned uh, a professor in your class like so i mean i first knew of you so backstory for me is i mean i you saw my cover story on this film uh where so i got to speak to uh scorsese and lily gladstone and everyone uh, back at ken i interviewed them for the Kent for ken and in my story she lily mentions you she mentions how you were the osage language teacher you and she was she was actually I mean, what was what really stood out to me is how impressed she was with you because you were such a young guy holding the Osage language, helping it survive and teaching people. So she found that very heartening that here's a a, a younger generation of Osage Nation protecting the language, passing it along. Um, that was very heartening. Um, and then also just the, uh, the, the kind of you being a representative of how Osage Nation is protecting that culture as a whole in terms of like their language development and stuff. So can you speak a little bit about all of that? Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't hear all that. I, I like, uh, um, from Shannon Shaw duty, the editor of the Osage news, you know, in, in passing, she's like, I've heard really great things about you. Mm. And uh, I was like, Oh, okay. And then, um, I saw that my name had appeared in a couple of articles and um and my aunt was like I saw I saw you you got mentioned in an article and I was like oh which, which one and, and she kind of laughed and she's like this guy but I I was actually asking she never answered so I didn't know <laughs> where it was <laughs> um but yeah no um it makes me feel good to know that uh, Lily said all that. And I've really been uh, driven towards um, uh, knowing uh, everything I can know in this life about my people and, and participating uh, in all things that we do. Um, I, had a, uh, I had a teacher from my sophomore year in high school, she was my English teacher. She reached out and, um, you know, after the release of the film and after hearing me, you know, she, she brought up a memory she had. She says, it's amazing the things as a teacher, what you'll remember from your students. And, you know, when you're a sophomore, you're like 15, 
16 years old. And so um, she, she just talked about how like, even at 15 and 16 years old, I was like, somebody's got to learn this language. Somebody's got to talk this language. And, you know, it, we can't wait on somebody to do it. We just got to do it ourselves. And I talked, and she talked about how, like, I spoke about how, like, the language is dying out. And I was, like, really conscious of that really young. And I, you know, I can't speak for all, all people of color. And I can't even speak for all Osages, you know, because our experiences in life are so personal, you know, to ourselves. And everybody's going to have their own points of view, you know. Um, but for me, you know, I was very conscious of my identity at a really young age. At like four years old is when I really became conscious and aware of uh, who, where I come from, the people I come from. And the way it happened was, is um, I was playing with those plastic, you know, uh, Indians and cowboys. And I made the cowboys kill all the Indians. And my father saw me do that. And my father said, you know, you're, you're an Indian, right? <laughs> and I was like, we are, <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't, I didn't equate everything that we did to being Indian. You know, in my little life, everybody was at the Igorshka. You know, we wore uh, something called a dasinte, not a war bonnet. You know, we uh, we had we wore a red headdress, kind of. You know, we call it dasinte, a red headdress. It's made from deer tail, and uh, I I never saw anybody walk around in a war bonnet. You know, made of feathers. And so I thought that I thought we were separate from them. Oh. And, and, and the way we are, they have their own identities. They have their own sovereignty. These other nations, they do. So I, uh, I was like, wow, you know, I'm an Osage. That's when I first, you know, thought that. And then um, after that, I just developed this hunger to know everything that I could learn and you know and that that influenced my whole life I mean one thing I kind of wanted to then broach with you is I, I mean in speaking to others they talk to me I mean in terms of your role of protecting the language of carrying it forward and and kind of you you know you're associating associating that with just part of your identity as a whole I, I mean I've heard people talk about like how language is what helps construct worldview like, yes. you know, protect. So, I mean, like, and, and I, I don't know that I've been able to wrap my head around that concept entirely. So, I mean, I mean, talk to me about how you understand that. I mean, because I yeah. obviously that's very integral in making sure that they spoke Osage within this film, Killers of the Flower Moon, because then you are representing mm -hmm. a certain worldview. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, they used my interview. Um, I, I spoke to a man named Larry. Uh, and I'm forgetting his last name. Uh, older gentleman. Uh, reporter and everything and and, and journalists uh, but he handled all of the uh, media on the film his name was his first name was Larry 
but I'm I'm spacing on his last name. I'm, was this for the so. press kit, like uh, for like yeah, think, the interview yeah, they gave I out to media? So. I, I think so. And and so they interviewed me and they talked to me about my experience and what it's been like, you know, and they quoted me uh, in their in their you know caption and it says culture and language are inseparable. And so, you know, what somebody who grew up learning my language um, in a time as it was, seemed like it was fading out, in a time where it seemed like it was going away, um, I really see that. And I really understand that, you know, there's, for every language you learn, there's a new way to see the world. And at the rate that languages are disappearing as a whole, uh, there's no telling what what we as human beings stand to lose because they have their own knowledge systems. They have their own knowledge of the land. They have their own knowledge of the plants and the herbs and things that are edible and things to stay away from. You know, I uh, think about like the foundation of the United States and how them pilgrims come over and they made their, you know, they made their town and, and they were hungry. And they starved, mm -hmm. you know, if they would have, and I, and I hate to make over blanket statements like this, but, you know, if they would have taken the time to get to know the people there and the tribes there, they would have, they would have learned that they were surrounded by food, mm -hmm. you know, and they wouldn't have had to have starved, you know, and, and, and as a whole, you know, some, there's similarities between our nations here, you know, there's, 500 there's over 500 i want to say there's close to 575 tribes in in the united states alone that's that's not including you know the the first nations in canada or even acknowledging the people south of the u.s border that's just in the united states and there's there's this understanding of generosity that we have something i thought was missing from the film is that generosity, mm -hmm. that sharing of indigenous wealth. It doesn't look like money. You know, if you have somebody you can call grandma, somebody you can call grandfather, you're wealthy because you have somebody you can ask. Somebody, mm -hmm. when, you, when you don't know, you can go counsel with them. That's wealth. Mm -hmm. That's wealth. And that's, that, that's what we see as wealth. And, and we share things, you know, we shared horses and we shared food, you know, um, you kind of do see that, you know, they're talking about how Molly's mother's spending way too much money on groceries. Mm -hmm. She spent $300 on groceries. That wasn't for themselves. Right. That was for that was for that, that, you know, so there's things in there, you know, they didn't really explain, but a, an Osage would understand it. Right. So, I mean, like, then, I mean, I guess, like, let's unpack then when you talk about, like, I mean, they, they didn't capture necessarily the generosity, except for aspects that only Osage uh, audiences, you say, would capture. I mean, talk to me. I mean, of course, though, now the comment that everyone talked about is how you said that you would have wanted to see the story from Molly's perspective. Um, so to take that further, like, where do you think, uh, like, how, like, yeah, I mean, because, uh, I mean, again, you said that within a short frame of time. Is there more you wanted yeah. to add to that? Well, you know. When I think about that, you know, something I, I have to remind myself, you know, and I said this then too, is this is uh, not made for us. Mm -hmm. It is made about us, but it is it, it was made for the world 
to view. And, you know, that the, the way the direction the story went, that is a way to tell this story. Mm-hmm. But I really, you know, and, and somebody might even say like, well, Chris, you worked on it. You provided the language for it. But anybody who works in film knows that, you know, you might work on something and be really involved in it, but there's a whole larger project that you're never going to see until it's done. And so that, you know, there, I, 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 you know, I didn't, I didn't know how the story was going to go, but the, a way they could have handled it, a way they could have told her, there's two ways really, you know, and you know, this is like spoilers, but also. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Spoilers away here. (laughs) Yeah. Like also, you know, coming to me and say I'm spoiling the movie like for me that's like if somebody made a World War II movie and told me the Americans dropped the bomb on the Japanese yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I'm like we all probably should know that <laughs> but you know because it, it's not this isn't fictional these this really happened to people mm-hmm. so to get back to my point um there's two ways they could have done it they could have done it the exact same way and then just like, ruin Ernest's life you know it was like like give this idea like this is like if you do this this is the results Mm -hmm. this is what could happen to you and just show like how awful it'd be or we could spend less screen time with Ernest Burkhart and you know totally cut out that whole train scene where he appears but you know do all that the same and then and then just cut right to Molly when she's talking to her her guardian you know and and then follow her home look at her relationship with her mother her relationship with her sisters you know she was a religious woman she went to church we saw a little bit of that you know and then and then like if you want to make this story a story about tragedy you know introduce this guy He's being, you know, he's he's being kind of cute. And then and then and then just like, I don't know, make these mysterious things happen and like like make us feel the fear she had. Mm-hmm. And then and then, you know, show the gaslighting, show the abuse. We see it, but we're seeing it from Ernest. Mm-hmm. We're seeing Ernest gaslight her but we but we could have experienced the gaslighting from molly's perspective just the way you write it and and then and then like have that aha that realization once it's all finally out in the open in court you know that would have been another way to do it that's that sounds like the way david grand's novel is yeah that is okay okay so that's interesting so it's like because it's um I mean, that's essentially, I guess, the way the script was originally written, and then they reverse course to make. Oh no, the script was originally written to as when Tom White enters the scene, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, but you're saying start from Molly's. I mean, I think that's uh, that sounds totally like amazing. But that, I mean, I guess what, um, I mean, I guess like uh, what they were going after here, though, is like and like you said, making it uh, from Ernest's perspective is for a white audience, because then a white audience feels implicated or should feel implicated in right. what it does. Right. right. I mean, if you I mean, I think if you read this movie a certain way, it's like you, the audience who are watching this, you are 
culpable in this violence and you like try like to try, try to act nice yeah you know, and you know it's so it's so timely it's so timely right now mm-hmm. you know we can look at the world as a whole and we'll go this is the most like safe time to be a human and human existence but at the same time we have these terrible events happening overseas mm-hmm. indigenous people across the globe being exploited and then you know everything going on in in palestine and and israel and mm-hmm. they're shooting missiles at each other and and we're comfortable know. with that because yeah. we are saying i stand with this or that yeah you know so this is like a it's kind of a timely release when when you start to look at it beyond our osage people even though this is the history this this really happened to the osage people we see that these things these events still happen today mm-hmm. across the globe yeah yeah you mentioned that we're only taking away a 16th of what you said right and right. that's what i mean i mean because we talk about kind of the uh when we talk about the new like when i say like you you gave this very uh, again i'm envious about how much you packed in within two minutes because you said a lot of things and you balanced it was a very balanced and fair critique of the movie that i thought was incredible and i'm envious that you did that but i do see people taking what you said which is very balanced and fair and try you know doing what social media does which is twist to take it in one direction or the other sure sure and if people are looking for controversy they can find it anywhere (laughs) you know you know um but in the end of the day i i don't hate what scorsese did you know and and he did do a good representation of osage people Mm-hmm. And I do hope that this sets a standard because like, I don't think you need to be indigenous to represent a people mm-hmm. that is indigenous. You just need to work with those people and listen to them and do what they tell you. Mm. And, you know, and, and he did that. And that's something I did say, you know, but I, I said he did a good job mm-hmm. and I, and I believe that, you yeah. know, but you know, per- people heard, He's not, he's not Osage and they ran with it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's the function. I mean, cause I think there's other people who then will be like, will then latch on to the defensive part of you and try to dismiss the indigenous people who are saying no, but this, right. uh, this criticism is also valid. Like, I mean, is actually right. very valid. Right. But uh, so, I mean, right. I think it goes both ways in terms of people taking it one way or the other. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, cause this is one of those films, like you don't feel good after you watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of those makes you feel kind of sick inside. And, you know, uh, I sat with that for a while, you know. The first time I I actually saw it was in New York. And I really just like, I don't know. I didn't really want to have a good time after that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they, they, they always have these receptions afterwards and people are networking and they're, you know, laughing and having a good time, but I just like did social graces and went home or my hotel, <laughs> you know, I, it, it just left me with, you know, it was a very hard movie to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after having like a little over a week to contemplate my thoughts and feelings, when somebody asked me what, what I thought about the film, it, it really just kind of come out. Mm-hmm. It just, it really just kind of come out. And so, and, and to be truthful, I, I was I was shocked anybody even cared what I had to say about it, you know? Um, 
but I guess that just goes to show people are listening. Mm-hmm. People are watching. We do have the attention of people around the globe. And I do think, you know, these things that do happen like this do deserve this kind of attention. Absolutely. But I, hopefully, you know, it doesn't stop here. I hope this just is like a step in the right direction. And we, you know, have, uh, you know, representation and agency of what happens uh, from this point on. And this gives us the opportunity. Like, I think one of the best things that could happen is uh, there's a couple of things that could happen that I think would really be good. Um, Lily Gladstone will win, you know, uh, an Oscar or the Academy, you know, the Academy, one of those awards. And she'll be able to green light, you know, projects mm-hmm. or or shoot them down, you know, that will create, you know, you know, more agency and representation, especially for indigenous voices. And the other thing I think that would be really good is um, Osage's uh, just you know, hail back to where they come from. You know, there's a renaissance or a, a, a or a revival, if you will, with our people. And they'll they'll uh, want to do things. Like it'll become relevant and cool to be Osage. And I hope people will finally start to have those conversations that revolve around healing. Because so often, uh, even to this day, when it comes to uh, his, our history that revolves around traumatic events and our culture, it is very common for people to say, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, David Grant wrote his book. It's out there. And then Martin Scorsese makes this film. All of a sudden, that what we've been avoiding is now like right there in the out in the open and everybody can see it and everybody has an opinion on it Mm -hmm. so hopefully this becomes an opportunity for us to have those hard conversations and to and to to heal over from something that happened over 100 years ago going back to kind of your original opinion or the the recording the the what you said on the red carpet of the movie i think there was one aspect of the movie the or what you said there that i wanted to um kind of that I that I didn't agree with necessarily right not to say that's that it fine. matters whether I agreed with it or not but um no the part where you said that Ernest was sympathetic and that's the thing where I was like I don't know that he was ever like I know that it's from his perspective and again but I don't know that I ever felt sympathy for him and that's I mean again maybe that is just a subjective opinion but um yeah yeah I don't know well maybe 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 that is subjective opinion and that's okay we don't yeah. have to agree 100 percent yeah and if we can't if we can't actually talk about where we agree and disagree Mm -hmm. we can't have those hard conversations what even are we doing you (laughs) know and that's that's okay you know opinions are like elbows and knees (laughs) everybody's got them you know and so you know maybe people did sympathize with them maybe others did not yeah but that when i watched it that was my initial takeaway like why are we trying to sympathize with this guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, because uh, I mean, he, like now 
looking at the how the conversation has evolved since your comments, I was noticing that like it's interesting to me because it's like it's hard to tell when is it when people are disagreeing with what the filmmakers added and versus when they are agreeing or disagreeing with how the real story played out. Right. And this is where it gets tricky because I, I know like in speaking to DiCaprio and Lily Gladstone, they were both like, we can't figure out this relationship either because it's like you talk to, um, you know, Molly and Ernest's like descendants or uh, Molly's descendants. And they're like they, they insisted that there was love there, which is what Leo says that they were struggling to uh, reconcile with. Like, how could he do that? Right. Um, so, I mean, like and, and then the other aspect of it, there's another aspect that in terms of the uh, part of the history that's really uncomfortable and hard to reckon with. But that is like that relationship is the part that people find hard to reckon with. And even the actors admitted they had a challenge of trying to figure that part out or crack that nugget. Yeah, um, that. Oh, I almost feel like that's such a mute point to even like try to even drive home. You know? Okay. You know, because like, and and their descendants, uh, Molly's descendants and Ernest's descendants, they're still alive, mm -hmm. and they're and they're still active, and so you know, I, I don't know if if somebody was injecting me with poison, you know, and slowly killing me for the for financial gain. I, I would feel taken advantage of. Mm. I would feel lied to. And I think in the end, you know, with Molly divorcing Ernest, that, that must have been what she felt. She probably did love him. She probably trusted him. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, all it's all out in the open. You know, so how do you how do you tell that? Yeah. You know? And I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just my own work with with therapy. You know, go to therapy, work your stuff out. It's good for you. <laughs> but but like like with my own work, you know, it's just like you know, abuse is not love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there are good things that can exist at the same time, but you just at the end of the day, you have to say abuse is not love. Yeah. And being targeted is not is not love. Yeah. And so who targeted who? Was it all William Hale? Was it was it all William Hale? Well, it's obvious that Ernest had something to do. He was, you know, implicated and charged. It was all out in the open. The evidence suggests that. And so, you know, with respect to the family, you know, I just, you know, I, I just you know, that's just me. Yeah, no, no, that's I mean, just, I think, I think yeah. it's valid. I mean, again, I don't think it was, I, I mean, I don't think it was just William Hale. I think it was the entire enterprise built around and including sure. the FBI. I think the FBI was culpable in when ignoring all of these pleas for so long, right? I know like, it. I know it. Well, they yeah. say it in the film. They're like, are you here because uh, you want to find out who killed all these Osage? Or are you here because they killed that white man? Or are you here because we paid you twenty five thousand? You know, was it twenty yeah. or twenty five thousand dollars to be here? Right, exactly. You know, and at that time, I'm trying to remember if it was before 1924. If it was before 1924, this is a critical date. If it was before that date, Osages, well, Indigenous people as a whole, were not citizens. 
Right. We were wards of the federal government. And so, you know, and that's another thing. They didn't even talk about this. You know, being wards of the government, not having human rights, mm-hmm. seen as property, they they tried to figure out whether it was actually murder he was guilty of or if it was animal cruelty. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's in the book. Okay. You know, if you read the book, Killers of the Fire Moon, they talk about that. And then they also, um, if you listen to the podcast in Trust, they, they talk about how newspaper articles had titles like, Osage wealth is a sin, you know? Uh-huh. You know, so though, at the same time, all that was going on. I, uh, I, what was the original question? I don't think there was a question. I think it was a prompt okay. for you to say exactly what you're saying, all the stuff you're saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, no, it's pretty, um, yeah, I mean, so uh, what you said there that like that is that that is so fascinating in terms of I mean, I, again, I, I also understand that there's only so much of like the details that they could squeeze into, you know, it's already a three and a half hour movie, but I know what I you're know. saying. That's part I know. Of the... Well, here's the thing. How do you take all those years that that all these events took place? Because even in the film, you know, you notice like your sister died two years ago, right. you know, that that's something they said, you know, so. This is something that took years to do, mm. years to happen. How do you take all of that and put it in three and a half hours? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a mini series. Yeah, it's a limited series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, and but what you touched on in terms of the wards of the state is also, I think, a lot of people. This is also like a big crucial aspect that Lily explained to us that was missing that people would have to know the history to understand is that the whole wards of the states thing is what makes people like Ernest an appealing match for someone like Molly because when they have no rights she was she explained it as because they had like because she's a ward of the state and she had no access to the to her own money she would uh, having a white husband made it easier for, so that she had someone in the household who could sign off right on on any kind of on, on whatever cash they needed yeah, af- well, after they got married, Ernest was, in fact, her guardian. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, he already had control of the funds. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know? And that system is in place, but just having that system in place makes it so much easier for white people to prey on, on oh, the nation. Yeah, they did all the time, yeah. you know, and, and they don't really talk about it, but there are glimpses of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, after um her sister died no it was her mother well they're they're in the funeral home looking at caskets and they're talking about a funeral they uh, you know Ernest is like you're paying you're you're charging me osage prices mm-hmm, yeah, yeah yeah you know and, and that was very common yeah. that was very common uh there was the mercantile and hominy i know this is all gray horse but you know this happened throughout the whole tribe. So there was a mercantile in Hominy where they had Osage prices and 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 non-Osage prices. Huh. And this went on for quite a while. And John Maker, uh historian of our tribe, uh talks about you know his relatives and how somebody who wasn't Osage, they they sent them in to the mercantile to go get just a couple of things, and they're like, How well? why are you sending me? It's like, because it would be cheaper if you buy it. Mm. And they're like, nah. And they were like, yeah. So they gave him a list, sent him in there. 
and they came back they looked at the receipt then she went in there that osage woman she went in there got the same list showed the receipt and her receipt was more mm -hmm. you know so the people were were trying to take advantage of you know osage estate left and right well, I mean, I think and, the movie shows that, how there's a whole economy built on milk. Yeah, Osage yeah. Milk. Well, like, you know, can you see the wolves in this picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And, um, you know, when they're, they uh, pull Ernest in to have that meeting with the lawyer, and all them people were there. Dr. Shones, or the, the Shones brothers, the, the, the sheriff, you know, the people, you know, the guardians all those people that were involved they were in there and you even like get a glimpse of that after they blow up the house mm -hmm. and the lily's guardian in the beginning of the film is like Ernest, you're revealing yourself oh no to yeah. uh to william you're pronouncing yourself yes yeah. that's yeah. it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you're pronouncing yourself you know because like they're they're all they're all in cahoots with each other yeah 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 no. you know um so one thing this so one part of the movie i mean obviously it's no secret that i love the movie and whatnot but of course i'm obviously like aware, like you know cognizant of their like some of the faults of it especially when you say by the way like i should have said that when you say that you know like you wish it was from molly's perspective i absolutely get that molly you know while she isn't the main figure from the beginning it's always earnest like she's more pronounced, I think, in the first half, but then like in the second half, her character is further and further in the margins of the right. movie. Right. So I did like feel like her care her her presence drop off a bit near as the movie continued. Um, mm -hmm. so that is definitely like some a criticism that I I felt as well. The other thing, and I remember from the premiere, when we watched it at the premiere, like this is the one thing I I I struggled um like where I sat on that is some of the depictions of violence, spe specifically the violence against Anna Brown. Um, that sequence right. was very harrowing and hard to take. Um, but I, I mean, at the same time, I wonder, is it, is, was that, I mean, like, dude, I mean, I don't, I, whether it's the right or wrong decision to shy away from that violence, I'm not so sure where I stood on that. I mean, it's, it's questionable, but I want to add another layer to this because I think, um, uh, Devery Jacobs pointed out that, you know, the movie depicts a lot of violence directed at women. And I wonder how accurate is that to the history? Because since head rights flowed through the women, as I understand it, that's what made them more targeted. Which well, is well, in in that film or in that family, excuse me, in that family, it did. Mm -hmm. You know, I come from a family of men. Mm -hmm. uh, I come from the one woman out of a couple generations of men, and that they were also targets the men at, yeah men were targets as well yeah, right, you right. know and 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 in this story it really is a, you know in this telling of this history this this is really a missing and murdered indigenous women's right you right. know and that's such as that's still a serious problem today well also in how inactive the law enforcement was back then and they are today yeah yeah you know and yeah, that still happens today. And and that's, you know, still very hard. That's still very hard. Um, you know, to to see that, you know, I follow a page on social media where they they post them. And, you know, every it feels like every other day there's another missing woman, mm -hmm. you know, indigenous. 
you know, uh, even in Oklahoma, you know, sometimes they find them. Sometimes they find them. And usually it's because they didn't want to be found, you know, for various other reasons. They got in a fight at home and, you know, they took off for a few days or, or, or something, you know, and, and, and in those instances, you're glad you, you're glad they got found, but in other instances, you know, they're never seen or heard from again. Mm-hmm. But men were also targeted. My family has their own tragedies. So we, you know, um, I'm related to a lot of people. Uh, Henry Roanhorse, I'm not a direct descendant of him, but he was a target. Mm-hmm. And then there was Charlie Whitehorn, and he was a target. Mm-hmm. You know, they showed that. And then there are a whole bunch of people, they were never investigated. Never investigated, you know. And it's suspicious that they just like died. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, my family, we talk about how he'd be my two times great grandfather, how he um, was in his 40s and he was very ill, you know, and, and he said his last words were, don't eat or drink anything in this place. Okay. And then he died. Okay. And his wife at the time, was um a white woman from kansas and she made off with most of the family estate so men also were targets you know it just so happens that this family this family of women they were highly targeted and i think like to this day i think the only reason why it got investigated at all is they blew up that house right you know, how can you ignore that? How can you ignore people blowing up a house? They blew up a whole family. <laughs> Including the white man. Yeah. 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 Um, what's interesting, but I mean, I guess what um I mean one of the things Lily said is that there is a project in the works uh from Redcorn adapting the novel about a pipe for February. Is it what is called uh, the novel? Yeah, a pipe for February. Yeah, that that was written by Charles Redcorn. Yeah, that's my grandmother. That's my grandmother's brother. I've talked to my aunt, uh, his his daughter, mm-hmm. so, but uh, I was talking to her and um, I asked her what's going on with that, and she said that there's talks about making that into a series, mm. and that's a really good book. If you haven't read it, you should read it. That's oh, a really good book. Yeah, and I'm actually. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited the idea of actually telling the story as a series. Yeah, first, yeah, right? like... and, and you'll you'll recognize the beginning. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> you'll recognize you'll recognize the beginning. But that was such an important moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's something we do talk about: how the old ones they buried the old ways, and we picked up new things. Mm-hmm. We picked up that NAC. We picked up. Um, they call it Gikonze. So they picked up that Gikonze and then they picked up uh, that Christian church. Mm-hmm. You know, and they told us, you know, this is going to carry us into the future. And that's what he's talking about. And then, and then you know, the oil explodes from the ground. Right, right, you right. Know? Right. So you'll, you'll recognize the beginning of that book. So. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, is there anything then you wanted to add uh, that people might have missed to your original comments or something that you want to add after the since the time has passed? Uh, any new thoughts you wanted to give in terms of, uh, you know, the film or, or, or the reaction to your comments on the film? If you're you haven't seen the film yet, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, really. And I guess you can watch the film anytime, but it right now it's on the big screen. So if you have the opportunity and you haven't seen it yet, go watch it. You might agree with me. You might not. That's okay. But at the end of the day, this is still something worth watching mm-hmm. and, and, and contemplating. So like develop your own opinions, develop your own conversations and your feelings around it. And um, yeah, just, uh, I guess, go see it. (laughs) Lizard, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for having this conversation with me, for being so generous with your time and and, and for sharing your very powerful and and needed and necessary take on the movie. Thanks for having me, really. (laughs) (laughs) I'll cut the recording there. Go visit visit www.doc.com.